store and you never got to see the guy's face. All you could see is uh, the brim of his head and now his you eyes, see, but you never saw I'm, I'm glad that's yeah. how we started the show. You know when you see the neighbour and all you see is basically the bit, you can't see his face. No, no, okay. Um, so anyway, hello and welcome to the All Blacks edition, episode 37. <laughs> I am Paul, the guy behind Driving More. And yes, that was a, uh, a taster of what, um, of what we do, uh, talk about pre, pre-show, um, as it were. So hi, I'm Paul. Uh, what we're going to talk about? Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about um, the All Blacks, obviously. And joining me this evening is Stephen. How are you doing, sir? Uh, not too bad. And once again, always a privilege and a pleasure to be invited back on the TDM. A privilege and a pleasure. Oh wow, this guy is just so nice. Jeez, just uh, there we go. Let's check and see because hopefully we'll also have John joining us um, as well. So, and um, we'll do a couple of light-hearted stuff to kick us off with. So apparently the whole. Player management um, is a bit of a is a, is a bit of a gentleman's agreement um, between the All Blacks uh, coaches and the Super Rugby coaches. It's not actually sort of um, set in stone. So, did you realise that none of the All Blacks were supposed to play more than sixty minutes in the opening round of Super Rugby? Stephen, no, I wasn't. I wasn't aware of that. But I must admit, there was a, a tinge of suspicion when, uh, especially if you look at the the um, the hurricanes, especially when some, when a couple of the guys like Piranara and and Marpi all sort of came off the bench with, uh, with with twenty minutes to go, you did wonder. <laughs> well, apparently a couple of play, a couple of um, so Razor apparently got himself in a little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of trouble because he put a bunch of All Blacks on, expecting to take them off after sixty minutes, having beaten the Blues quite comfortably. Unfortunately, that wasn't quite how it was going at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. It, it, I probably was thinking along the lines of, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be the uh, first coach, first uh, New Zealand franchise coach to drop a game to the Blues in a very, very long time. Well, just to, so, um, or, or, or drop the opening yeah. game either and make, make himself look like uh, um, Todd Blackadder. Um, oh, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was interesting that. So, um, so we, we may see changes in the future. Um, that tighten that up at the moment. I say it's a gentleman's agreement. It's not actually uh, set in stone. Like in Ireland and Wales, uh, they actually have, uh, it's actually documented as to who gets to say what and how many minutes each player is allowed to play. So it's interesting to see that, um, yeah, that we, we, we talk about this whole, the All Blacks machine and how it's all, all controlling uh, in New Zealand. Uh, but the more you actually sit, get to listen or talk to the guys, the more you realise it's by osmosis rather than necessarily by diktat um, mm. over here. Yep, it, it, it's definitely got that. It's, listen, I think it's got a really good feel to it as opposed to, I, I think in recent times or when players were just being basically yanked out of Super Rugby and we never we never got to see them for, for, for two or three weeks. I know that was really, oh, even if you think back to last year, I can remember the Chiefs going to South Africa and um, who did they play? Probably the Stormers, a game which they were with, with their All Blacks. They probably should have won. They should have won at the at the time. But in reality, they went to South Africa. They lost the game, but you you, you got the impression if they had their All Blacks on board, they would have won that game. And that was a really key game in the scheme of things because it was a pretty much a game that could have got the Chiefs a home quarterfinal, I think, at, at the time. So I know that frustrated a lot of supporters out there. So from a supporters piece, it's actually good to see the guys are still actually involved with the squad on, on game day, even if they are only 
getting 20 minutes. Besides, it'd be quite handy to have some somebody of that quality or ilk coming off the bench. Oh, absolutely. And I th- that one was... It, I think the other piece about that last season was the fact that the for the other four franchises, the training weekend was fitted in, so or the training times fitted in when they were in New Zealand, uh, and so they were able to uh, basically turn out for the they were able to, to pop away, do the training session, come back and play in the game. Whereas for some reason the Chiefs, it was while they were on on tour, um, and you can't expect players to fly twenty four hours over, or fly overnight and then go straight into a game. So it was. I think that was. It was what it was the perception, at least, of it not being fair between them. That I think that, that, that caused that, that caused part of the problems there. Mm, yeah, I know it, it received uh, these training camps. If I recall, last year received a lot of negative, a lot of negative press, and you know there were people sort of saying, "Well, gee, I wonder if the coaches are in are in line with what's going on." Well, here's the All Black coaching staff pretty much uh, being very militant about it and wanting these players available for the for the camps but I think this year it's got a it's got a more should I say softer feel to it yeah and that it's it, it, I think they've got the the, the the kind of balance right I and mean, we will see how much the uh, how it impacts the the squads this weekend I've not actually I've, I've seen the hurricanes once we've got Bowden Barrett's coming back uh, TJ Piranara's back in the starting side as well uh, so but the, when he got rested last weekend but it's going to be really interesting to see what the Crusaders uh, lineup is because uh, they're going away to the Reds, who obviously put a bit of a scare on to the Highlanders last weekend. Uh, and if, if if what we've read in the papers is true that they're only supposed to play 180 minutes in the first uh, three three rounds, or um, then we're going to see it's going to be interesting to see what that um, Crusaders selection looks like um, for that Reds game. Well, you know, last night I think we were talking about some of the odds last night. The the Rebels Highlanders game last night. I think the 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 Rebels were paying about four dollars last night. Well, they've they've almost shortened up to to two dollars in the space of uh, uh, twenty four hours once that uh, Highlanders side was named. And uh, you you sort of look through it. I suppose the, the real the real interesting thing for me, if you you look at the Highlanders, I know we're not talking so much Super Rugby, but with all those having the byproduct of having all those players dropped out, all of a sudden we're getting guys like Josh Ioanni, who's been absolutely superb at first five, playing fullback. I'm thinking to myself, really? I don't I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him play fullback at Mitre Ten Cup level. Maybe not Mitre Ten Cup level, but I think he did last. I think he has played at um, uh, for the Highlanders last year. I think he might have played a game or two back there. Uh, so, but the yeah, he, he is. If um, yeah, if I were the Reds, I'd be looking to see to keep an eye out to see if he got if he was in the right position, and if not, the ball's going to hit hit grass uh, and, uh, and and pin the Highlanders back. Yeah, definitely there for that one. The so that's that that that's, uh, that that is kind of interesting. Uh, luckily, they're up against um, Quade Cooper, who's not known as being a kicking fly half, so they're, so they're okay. Um, <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll yeah. There's, there's definitely some interesting matchups this weekend, uh, and we'll get to discuss. I'll discuss those tomorrow night with the actual squads, um, as I mentioned, as, as we've got them all announced. Now, another interesting one. Um, I saw an interview with Ronan Nogara, who Ooh. said that he'd be open to being part of um, Razor's All Blacks coaching ticket. Uh, are, you, are you a buyer or, or, or not for having an, an Irish, uh, Irish international? 
he's I think he's just putting it out there. If you, if you know what I mean, he he you know, he's a smart man. He knows he knows that Robert you know Razor is is one of the one of the one of the main candidates if uh, if the likes of excuse me Foster isn't isn't retained and he's he's putting he's putting it out there that he wants to he wants to be involved and and why wouldn't you if you had the opportunity to be involved with a with a team with a with a fantastic fantastic record although on on saying that this is all dependent on whether they win the world world cup or not if they win the world cup I don't really know if he's if he's a chance. I could probably see somebody like Razor Robinson being brought into the All Black All Black fold, but probably not with Ronan Agar. I'd be I'd be very surprised. You're very surprised if Ronan made it if they bring him in, do you? Okay. Um, yeah, I would I would I would be very surprised if they bought. So, for example, if they won the World Cup, Ian Foster got the job. I'm oh, pretty yeah, yeah, sure yeah. they will. I'm pretty sure they'll bring somebody like Scott Robertson in, but I don't think he'll have a, a say on who the who is um who is who is one of maybe his soldiers for want of a better word are going to be. So uh, I, I but be, no, it's, it's interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if he was brought in as a um, not as a permanent coach, but as a as a because he, he signed up for an extra couple of years at the Crusaders already, and there's a clause in there that says basically if I get the head coaching All Blacks role, um, I'm off, <laughs> which unsurprisingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not, I haven't read, haven't read the, but but from from what's being said, that's 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 that, that's that's what it's that's what it seems to be. So, um, but yeah, no, I, 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 the only way anyway, Agar is going to be in there is if he is part of a Razor head coach uh, coaching ticket. Now, he wouldn't be the first foreign coach um, for the All Blacks because Mick the Kick was a skills coach, mm-hmm. but I think there's a bit of a difference between Mick the Kick and uh, um, who, let's be honest, has never been. Uh, sort of assistant or head coach, he's, he's always he's been a very much a specialist coach. That's and that's what he's going to be for life, kind of thing. Whereas Ron Nogara, let's be honest, he uh, is, is, he, he's basically being lined up to be Munster head coach at some point, uh, and I, uh, maybe, um, but definitely being lined up to be Ireland head coach. I was going to say, wasn't McBurn headhunted from AFL as well? But he did have a little bit of. Background and and more in club rugby in, in in Melbourne, but primarily AFL was his gig. Okay, but yeah, I know, but he's he's very much, but he's he's like the he's like an Aussie, which um which is kind of the the kind of the he's the only foreign coach that I'm that, that I could that I uh, in my research I came up with that had uh, coached the All Blacks. No, I think I think you I think you could be correct. I can't I can't think of anybody. Any, anybody else or, or a foreigner that's been involved with the uh, with the All Blacks in the history? And I, but, I, but I say that I think there's, a bit of, there's a big difference between him as a as a, a specialist skills coach who is not going to go on and coach the Wallabies. Let's be honest, as, as head coach, and bringing right. in someone like Ron Nogara as an assistant coach, who you know is going to go on and be head coach of Ireland. Um, oh, listen, Agara. <laughs> He's a very smart man, and he's he's setting himself up very well. Uh, I mean to say, there's a good chance there. I say it. I know it's a bit early in the piece, but the Crusaders once again they're they're looking unstoppable once again. If they get that if they get that three peat, you know that'll look hell of a good on a uh, on a on a CV, and even even more so. You know, in the corridors of New Zealand Rugby Football Union, they'll be asking questions. Well, what, what is this guy? bring to the table. I know having spoken to a couple of contacts down in, in, in Christchurch, he's he's 
definitely fitted into the, the culture and the, and the way of life down in, in, in Christchurch, and he's absolutely enjoying it, hence the, hence the, hence the re-signing. And um, he's kind of worked it out pretty quickly, quickly that um, – Everybody dislikes Canterbury or Crusaders, <laughs> um, so he's so he's got the he's got the whole insular thing going on. He's always apparently uh, a friend of mine was telling me he goes, oh, how come the Blues get so much publicity and yet we're the team that that wins everything? <laughs> so so he's starting to sound like a cantab already. <laughs> I do find it interesting that actually when you look in the coach's box, he doesn't get one of the seats. He's not one of the three men who have sat down. He stands up behind them. Um, and uh, but you've got Razor. I'm not sure who's sat either side of him. But um, yeah, a bit surprised. Rono Garas, uh, yeah, isn't actually doesn't actually get a seat uh, in the coach's box, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> They're not quite sitting, not quite sitting in first class. So yeah, first maybe class. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I'm not sure if, if 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 New Zealand rugby would want to have someone who they know is going to be uh, the kind of the enemy uh, in, uh, in 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 actually in the camp, seeing how things are done. And then taking those secrets away personally. Uh, so he also mentioned essentially being uh, head coach of, uh, of of the um, of the Crusaders if Razor moved on, that he wouldn't mind doing that job. Now, I think he'd probably be the first head coach, foreign head coach of a, of a New Zealand Super Rugby franchise if that happened. Um, I'm thinking David Nisiphora. Oh, okay, no, who's who's. David Nisiphora, I think he coached the. You, you're talking a super franchise. Yeah, Paul. Super franchise. I think David Nis. Yeah, I think yeah, I think David Nisiphora, who coached the Blues in the oh, early, probably around about 2000, 2006, 2007, around that era. Okay. He's uh, he's he's currently involved these days. David Nisiphora involved with these days. I think he might be involved with Leinster Rugby. Leinster or Munster rugby. So where, 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 where is he from originally? Originally from Australia. Oh, okay. Okay, so maybe... Just originally the, so yeah, there is... There the, is, uh, yeah, is some... There's the Brum, Brumbies coach. Right, okay. So there is there is some precedence of having a foreign a foreign super coach then. So that's... Um, so yeah maybe, yeah, maybe that one would be... Uh, would, would, would be up for, up for grabs then. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Now, looking at the background of your, of your curtains... Um, folks, you're going to see a flyer come out in the next um, couple of days, which is going to be that kind of colour, because Stephen and I are going to be in uh, Hamilton at the Zone Bar at, in Sky City for the Crusaders versus the Chiefs, giving you a preview, half-time and post-match analysis um, on the microphone. So if you're in Hamilton, not this weekend, but next weekend on the Saturday, then join us um, for the 5.45 kickoff, is it? Or 5.35 kickoff? Anyway, that kind of, uh, that, uh, that, that early kickoff, join us in the zone bar, um, for, uh, grab, grab yourself some nice food and a couple of beers while we watch uh, Crusaders versus um, the Chiefs. Um, now, now the advert's out of the way, let's move on to our regular feature. Who's left this week? And I don't think anybody has. I was amazed. I was looking through, thinking, okay, who do we put in here? Which name have we got? And I don't think anyone's announced this week that, that they're leaving. Shocking. Mm, no, I can't. No, it's, 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 a pretty, it's a pretty quiet week in the depart, department, departing lounge at the, uh, at the airport because you're right, nobody has <laughs> is, is basically put their hand up and, and decided to leave. And I think we mentioned Fadders previously, and he's not really, not really in the All Blacks. Um, 
the All Blacks uh, kind of thoughts. He's about the only one I can think of. He's, going, he's off to Connacht. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think there's anyone's... So, so yeah, so well done, New Zealand, for re- retaining players for a week and not losing players. Elliot Dixon did come out and say that the only that if he hadn't been allowed to take to, to head off to Japan um, and have that uh, have a sort of and, and miss my ten cup, then he would have left and gone to Europe this for this season and would not have come back to the Highlanders. So it's interesting that these flexible arrangements when you've seen players like Elliot Dixon, Matt Todd, um, Israel Dag uh, be allowed to skip the Meister 10 Cup season and go and uh, have a top league um, season in Japan. Uh, that's working to retain some players. Now that comes with a bit of a double-edged sword, really, because we've seen players like um, Henri Pollard do that and then come back with a knackered shoulder and miss a whole season. Um, because I mean, we, we hear lots of talk of, 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 of the top league being um, easier, but Elliot Dixon said it was somewhere between Myers Cup and Super Rugby level, was, which was, yeah. was his description, which was interesting. And um, I know, having spoken to former Tongan international Willie Lacey, who spent a few seasons up there, Willie said they absolutely train the house down. They do a, they do a lot of whiteboard stuff, so... If, if it's a place you're going to go to, one thing's for sure, you're going to be fit because of the style of game that they play. And listen, we're seeing gra- gradual improvements as well. And we're seeing that with with the thumb, some wolves, we're seeing it with Japanese rugby. And, you know, starting to, starting to be more competitive. You know, we've got to think about ourselves back in 2015 at the RWC. They knocked off South Africa. They knocked off a Tier 1, tier one nation. And there's, defin- there's definitely improvement. There's a lot of guys playing over there. Now, a lot of these competitions are established, up in, obviously, up in Japan. Players will get better. The local players will get better, with, with also the help of, of, of some foreign players as well. But it is, as you say, very tough gig. And some, to and some top-notch rugby. foreign coaches as well. Oh, <clears throat> exactly. So, you know, you've, you've, got a, you've, got a, you've got a lot of intellect, not just <laughs> running around, but, you know, a lot of brains... Being being passed being passed on as well. I don't think that sort of rugby is is really the the holiday camp that people think there is. I can even think back to one man Nonu, who obviously thought it was a holiday retreat and spent a couple of a season or two up there, and he he pretty much got hammered. Um, not so much now. Who was it? Eddie Jones, who was coaching up there, if I recall at the time, pretty much came came out and labelled him one of the poorest ever professionals that had ever gone gone to Japan. And uh, I, I think that's just a pointer to any player who's thinking of going to Japan. It's, it's listen, it's it's not one of these places you go and collect your pension and, and, and put your feet up. Now, and there was a, a documentary that showed Shane Williams who went there, and it didn't look too tough for him. But he was playing Div Two; he wasn't playing First Division rugby up there. So there is, yeah, there is. Uh, there's, there's a big difference um, from going up. A bit like if you, if you go to the U, to um, to the UK and play club rugby or you come over here and play minor 10 rather than super rugby there's a big difference uh, in the level yeah, as soon as you drop down uh, a division mm. so, uh, so so for those of you who've watched his uh, his uh, the, 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 his mini mini series of him being in Japan that wasn't top league that wasn't some um, top league um, rugby there mm. right then time to get on to the meat and two veg of the show a few weeks ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago I was having a chat with our friend um, Herman um, about All Blacks tactics um, and the Rugby World Cup. Um, and as I've not been, persuade, been able to persuade him to come back on the show again, um, he's taking a bit of a sabbatical at the moment, um, I thought I'd nick his idea instead. 
so thank you very much for Herman if you're watching um, for your idea um, we're going we're gonna to delve into this so if we cast our minds back to the first um, Lions um, All Blacks British and Irish Lions test um, I think we saw a different All Blacks team there now a lot of the talk in the head in the run up to that test match um, was that basically the, uh, the the British and Irish Lions pack was going to do a number on the All Blacks pack, um, and uh, their reputation was being called into into question. Um, and that, to me, was when the, when we saw Kieran Reid come back to the middle of the pitch rather than playing rather than ranging out wide, um, and uh, sort of say, "Right, I'm the captain. I'm going to lead from the front and uh, and, and set the authority here." And Herman's point was that, the, that during that game, the All Blacks played off the scrum half, not off Bowden Barrett, but played off Aaron Smith instead uh, to negate the the whole um, line speed, i.e. one less pass between uh, between the, the ball carrier uh, uh, and the uh, and the breakdown meant that it gets to him quicker. Therefore, the line the line, the line doesn't have as much time to get up uh, and rush up and close things down. Herman's, so, so do, is, is, is that how you saw that first test? Do you think that, that was a tactic that was being used from memory? I, I, I think it was. I, I, think it, I think the All Blacks, I think the Lions gained a lot of confidence. And we think back to one of the tour games where they really stood up and said, hey, we're here. And that was pretty much the game against the Crusaders where they dominated a Crusaders pick and pretty much strang- strangled them to death. And strangled them to death, not just up front, but strangled them to death with, with line speed. So I, I just sus- suspect the Crusaders, uh, Kieran Reid, beg your pardon, obviously could could see something in there. How are we going to negate that line speed? So when you when got to negate line speed, you've got to come a little bit close in, and you need to throw a few more numbers at the breakdown because one thing the British and Irish Lions showed they were really with their loose forwards. You know, guys like Stander and Co. Very very good over the ball, and uh, you just needed those extra extra cleaners around. So, but then uh, Herman's thing is that he says that uh, he believes that Steve Hansen went, okay, that's worked. I'm going to put that in the locker and we're not going to play like that again until the Rugby World Cup. And he reckons that the All Blacks haven't played off, off nine since then um, and that this is, the, this is going to be the tactic that's wheeled out at the Rugby World Cup to negate the uh, Northern Hemisphere line speed. Line speed, Wow. So, do you, uh, where, 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 do you, where are you on that? Do you, do you, do you think that uh, we, we saw a tactic there that was never being used, or do you think uh, well, other other teams other teams we, managed to adapt? Well, we, you know, we we saw a lot of things at the All Blacks. Even even if I think back to last year, the All Blacks did not drive a lot of ball off the top of the line out. Everything was moved off the top top, and that really really surprised me because I thought, well, wouldn't you wouldn't you want to try a plan plan B or something a little bit different? Surely, surely you're not throwing that plan all in the basket because you're kind of giving away what what you're doing. Um, I would have probably imagined that you, we might have seen a little bit more of it, especially against the Irish, especially after the English game. The, I, I thought the English were fantastic when they fronted up against that, the All Blacks at Twickenham, especially in that first 40 minutes. Um but even the All Blacks in, in that game, they just they just tightened up, and I don't think they moved as many passes a little bit wider. I think they kept it pretty close. So I think Herman has a 
it has, it has a great great point, and maybe it is a, a tactic that they've got parked in that back pocket, ready to ready to pull out. Because uh, believe you me, they'll have they'll have to use it because the line speed of as we you know as we saw in the Wales England game on the weekend, the line speed of both sides was very good and really really offensive type offensive quite defence as well, where they're basically meeting guys on the advantage line really, really hard, really hard, aggressive tackles. And when you do that, you pretty much slow ball down. So, yeah, so that's, so that, 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 that's our, um, a bit of a working theory we have now um, that, that we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out on for each of the All Blacks games as to whether they're playing off, off nine or ten. Um, and then also your point there as well is uh, how many times do the All Blacks go to their mall and how many times do they play it um, straight off the um, uh, straight off the top? Uh, so we will um, um, we will we will have to we will have to keep an eye on that one. Um, we'll get on, Alex. We'll get into your question in a second. But um, yeah, some stats that we saw uh, I must have dug deep into them, but suggest that the vast majority of tries in Super Rugby this year have come off lineouts. Um, the, the, the line-out is the main source of tries. Now, whether that's um, a line-out and then sort of uh, a, a set move or whether that's a line-out and a, and a driving yeah. mall, um, there are two different... There, 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 there are a number of options there. It's not saying, we're not saying they're all off that driving mall. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep... An, those, those are the I think, things that we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on uh, through the rugby championship. Um, so... Saw so, saw so a really good example of a of a uh, a really good set piece move off a line out. Now that was in the Sun Wolves Waratahs game where the ball came off the top of the line out and went 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 along went along the back line and when it just when it looked like they were actually going wide, they turned an inside ball into I think it was Van der Hever and he basically guessed guessed everybody, including Israel Folau. And I thought that was a very very good set piece try and the, the other key to that movement's none, none of the none of the Lucys were actually able to get out in the centers quick enough because the move happened so quickly so one, once again we, we speak about line out line out ball off the top line out ball especially deep off the top line out ball because we always scratch our head as supporters are ah, why are they trying to throw down the back of the line out and really it's to try and get away from the loose forwards as fast as fast as you can and the other one uh, that that um we saw, and I, I, I'm absolutely—I can't remember what the uh, what the game was, um, but they went up. They put the they. Um, I think it might have been Wales actually, but they but they, they went up and put uh, made themselves look like they were going to do the five meter five meter drive, um, uh, and it came down. Uh, but instead of the hooker coming and joining uh, the mall, he actually was a wraparound player. So he collected the ball. Um, it was an extra player wrapping around the wrapping around the the, the mall. They also had a winger running in um, uh, off off his shoulder uh, and another player in motion as well. And suddenly you had three people running just out r- r- attacking the, uh, the 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 channel just outside that fifteen meter line. All the forwards on, on the defensive team are pretty much committed to a mall that they think's about to ha- that they think that's happening, but it's just suddenly stopped. Just suddenly does not happen. Um, and you've got yourself, yeah, I say three guys running at basically a fly half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's got to make his it, choice. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing, Paul. Play, players in motion 
is is very difficult for a, a defence to read. And I don't, I don't, I really don't care how good the defenders are, but if you've got sort of three guys all running at the, all running at the same time, that's why sometimes if you lose that chain or that or that link, that's pretty much when defences can be can be opened up. But it is very impressive. It means that teams are putting a lot of effort and time and thought into breaking other teams down. They are, um, and uh, it's this goes back to uh, Andre. Um, who's a regular viewer of this and a friend who I travelled up to uh, Fongaray a couple of times um, to go and watch uh, Northland games with. But I remember in our last drive up there, he was talking about how he used to coach his team in South Africa. And um, basically, when they had uh, three forwards, um, now they had one forward, who, uh, one hooker who was a bit more mobile, so they didn't have to do this with him. But the other three, the other times when he wasn't on there, basically the three, the, the front row, were all told, after every set move, your job is to get to the middle of the pitch, um, or to gravitate there defensively, um, and to bo- and to basically, if you put both arms out, you should be able to touch fingertips with each other. Um, <laughs> basically, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> three boys, yeah. effectively shoulder to shoulder. Um, don't don't go out wide because we know we know you're going to get mm. stepped. Just to stay stay yeah. in there and yeah. stay connected, which was a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, to try and use uh, yeah, have the front row basically be the front row, even in defence, just be three three guys next to each other, which is an interesting way of... Uh... No, no, you you want you always want your big guys, your, your cement mixers, you, you want them defending in those very, very close channels. You start sending them out a bit, and, and whilst some props can tackle and they, and they are good defenders, it's when you're coming up against somebody who's light-footed and can step, and once that person gets in behind you and gives you momentum, that's when you can supply it with a really good cleaner and usually most of the backs these days become cleaners you get that quick ball and you're in, you're in business cool right and so so yeah as um, alex asks um what about all this talk of using two playmakers is that a ruse or is that really is is that the is that a direction that the the all blacks are trying to move in i i think they wanted to try and they probably thought it was a good idea to try and utilize the skills of, of, of both Barrett and McKenzie because so they can have those those, those two those two threats. The, the problem the problem was I think the likes of McKenzie to have him to have both of them in the team didn't didn't quite work out especially especially defensively as we know Damien, Damien McKenzie is a brave little fella but he's not he's not overly tall and it's the old adage you're going to put a, a high kick up a big good man's always going to get get that high kick or, or put put him under pressure. And I, I think Damien McKenzie just strikes me as a, just for the gentleman who's answered the question, Damien McKenzie strikes me as a player who's better suited to off the bench, maybe 20 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go, when when defences are, are tiring and he can do something abs, you know, ab, absolutely brilliant. Um, to me, it, it, it was limited success. I didn't see a lot of Really good tries that came out of having that that, that double playmaker situation. In fact, if we think back to what the All Black coaches actually said, they said there was still a little bit of a conf- confusion about in and around what they were trying to do, which suggests to me even the players were a little confused. Yeah, I and mean, when you see it being done up in the Northern Hemisphere, it's, it, it is a popular thing up there. I mean, obviously uh, Ford and Farrell um, was trialled, and that's that, that's now gone out. The, uh, the England have stopped stopped doing that, uh, but. You do have um, player teams um, 
such as uh, um, Scotland with Russell and then also with Hogg, um, at the, at the fullback being able to play, step in and play, be a second playmaker. And the idea there is if you've got a ruck in the mid- midfield, you can go left or right. Uh, and you can Ooh. have a playmaker on either side. What we were seeing far too often with the All Blacks was both playmakers studying, uh, uh, basically stood within about two metres of each other um, far yeah. too frequently. Um, oh. I was about to say, almost, almost getting each other's way, but I wonder how much of an effect that had on Aaron Smith's game, because if you think about it, Aaron Smith, whilst he's a halfback, he's, he's a playmaker in, in his own right. He's a, he's a sort of guy that can basically thread passes when he decides to run or a sideways movement, which can just hold defences, and he can basically thread a, excuse me, thread a pass through the, you know, through the through the pinhole and you know through a needle, so to speak, and actually find runners. So I, I, I don't know if it did Aaron Smith's game any good, the, two, the two, having the two playmakers last year. Yeah, and Wales have done it done it as well with um, Anscombe and Pratchell. Uh, with practical um, playing in, at, at 15 sometimes, uh, and again, it, it's it's. I think it's about no having a having very much uh, rather having two playmakers, having a dominant playmaker and a secondary playmaker who knows that they're secondary and that they only step into that first first uh, first receiver role when it's on the other side of the guy, rather than trying to ch- come in with that. Um, it's something that uh, so Alex goes. I feel All Blacks will play um, Ben Smith at 15 this year. And we'll stick with um, another fullback like Dag or Geordie um, at 14. I really don't think we'll see Geordie Barrett at 14. If Geordie's playing, I think he's at 15. And Ben Smith will play 14. Um, I can't see Geordie Barrett on the wing. I was just I was just thinking when we spoke about having players being in the players lounge or the plane, was uh, Geordie on the plane when we picked the squad? I will uh, I just, I'll just bring that up. Um, I do actually have it uh, to hand. I said, he says, no, I don't. I did have it to hand before I came on the show. Um, <laughs> because uh, based on based on, on what I saw... Wrestling the ball off a player and scoring um, in, in, in the in, in the, the, the I want to say tri-zone. That sounds, sounds way too... Um, uh, way too way, way, way too American, but the, in, in the... Yeah, in, um, so, having a quick look at the... Uh, we, so, we, our back three... We had uh, Ben Smith and Rico Awani on the plane and then Geordie Barrett and uh, Naholo in the waiting lounge with uh, George Bridge uh, potentially at home waiting to get the phone call. Mm. Yeah, he's probably still in, he's still in that lounge. He's still in the waiting room <laughs> after last weekend. After, after last weekend. It, 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 it's sort of quite interesting. I sort of looked at the players that we... That we'd, uh, I suppose any All Black who was playing for the Chiefs would probably be disappointed with their game. I um, I also thought um, when I saw the Blues game, Kaltu Nukuyafi. Now, I just get the impression he's almost looks like he's gone off the ball a little bit since he burst onto the scene last year. You know, you, there were sort of question marks being asked. You know, on, on the on the um, the tour to. Uh, to um, England, England, well, well, test to England and Ireland and Italy last year. The question marks don't. And it, look, he looked a little bit out of condition from what I saw running around uh, against the Sharks on the weekend. Yeah, he definitely got. Uh, and there, were, there, were, there were a couple of question marks on Blue Supporters for Life um, as well about uh, about his performance and whether he was uh, whether whether he's up to speed um, at the moment. So 
uh, this coming weekend when they're playing the Haguaris and the Haguaris scrum uh, managed to, to do a bit of a biz- do a bit of a job on the uh, the bulls. Um, so the Haguaris scrum doesn't is is looking uh, a bit more uh, a bit more solid than it has done the past couple of years. So mm. the um, but uh, yeah, but the, I guess the, the thing about uh, Carl is that his competition is really Kane Hames, maybe Angus um, Tuava, uh, and uh, Kane Hames. As you say, the Chiefs players didn't have a particularly good, um, uh, particularly good uh, kind of weekend last weekend either. Yeah, yeah, no. So, bit of a tough one. That would have been a, a real tough one for Brody Metallic as well, playing his hundredth uh, game. But you know, from what I saw, plenty of plenty of energy. Didn't really drop his drop his standards, but un, un, unfortunately, um, the team just didn't really measure up for him on the on the night. Yeah, Alex goes. Yeah, Geordie and Dag have skills suited for every World Cup finals: high ball skills um, and booming boots. Yes, they do, but. Uh, if we go back to 2015, we saw Jack Dag get left at home in favour of um, Neymar Scudder and um, Waisaki Naholo. So the, they have history of, um, uh, yeah, of, uh, and, I, and I just don't see Geordie as a, as a, as a 14. Uh, I think he's either a, he, he's either sort of, a, uh, I think I can see him being a 12 or 13 in the future, um, not this year, uh, but I think he's also, I think he's mainly, for now, I think he's a 15. Um, through and through. Yeah. Well, Waisaki Nahola is an interesting one for me because I, looking looking back at that Reds Highlanders game, I I don't know if he had too much involvement in, in in that game. You know, a couple of there were a couple of little sparks every now and again, but in, in terms of actual involvement or trying to get involved, I, I thought he actually had a quiet game. Yeah, and we've we've seen that. Um, a couple of times uh, uh, towards the end of last season when he wasn't necessarily first choice, he, he seemed to um, go off the boil and not... Uh, I mean, I remember it, it was him and um, Neymar and Scudder who were supposed to be the kind of experienced guys in the game against Japan and were, had to, were expected to step up um, and uh, and be leaders in that back line. And it didn't really kind of see that from him. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, whether he's got the right temperament to, to fight back... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's, a, there's a couple of guys who are, who I know I'm a bit all over the place, but there's a couple of guys who are in the lounge who I, who I think are playing very well at the minute, and that's David Havili and also Luke Romano. When he comes on, it just seems as though that's you say, it's well, so scrum he, just gets stronger. We've got time, so let's let's, let's run through the. Um, uh, we can run through that um, that now. So. Um, in the props um, on the plane, we've still got Moody and Franks, um, and I think um, the way that uh, the Crusaders pack went backwards after they both left means that they're definitely still there. <laughs> there's there's yeah, nothing, yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing's done yeah. to change that. Then we had um, Carl uh, Tuanifagaki, uh, Nipolu Alala, and Offa Tuangafasi. Uh, now again, uh, I don't think any of those three have done anything to either step themselves up or down. Um, so far, but they'll, have, but they'll have to lift their, They'll have to lift. I think all three of them will have to lift their game. And then we have got Kane Hames, Angus Tuava, uh, and Jeffrey Tonga Allen um, following up behind those guys. And again, I'm not seeing anything particularly from them that, uh, that suggests uh, that that's changed. In the hookers, Cody Taylor and Dane Coles still there. I mean, Cody Taylor hasn't even turned up. Hasn't even played a game yet. So 
he won't have changed uh, his uh, his standings. Uh, um, and I'll tell you, and I'll and I'll tell you what, um, Dane Dane Coles is is firing a few broadsides at at the minute because um, you know I thought in a, a team that was well beaten, I think he was probably close to uh, the Hurricanes' best player. Yep, um, but and in a slightly different style to normal as well, mm-hmm. arguably. Mm-hmm. Um, Amongst the locks, again, um, Retallic, White Lock, Scott Barrett, nothing's changed there with Patrick Tupolosu in the lounge currently. I'm not sure whether Luke Romano is, is next in line still because he's, start, he's off the bench for the Crusaders. He isn't actually starting. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure who that fifth uh, lock is at the moment. Um, Perry Perry Parkinson uh, currently is the next in line that we've got listed anyway. Uh, we'll probably, perhaps need to keep an eye out this weekend as to to see which locks may be standing up. Um, yeah. Well, of course, speaking of standing up, Paul Wund, whose um, star is well and truly standing tall, or is, uh, is Scott Barrett. I, I think he's been, he was out, I thought he was outstanding in round one, and I, I thought he was even better on the uh, weekend. I know what he, what he played. Did he play 60 minutes on the weekend? But, man, in that 60 minutes, that was pretty much close to a man-of-the-match man performance. Yeah, it's getting to the stage where could could he actually push? Um, could could he get himself in as a, uh, a genuine rotation with the other two rather than just being the third guy on the bench um, mm-hmm. kind of thing? Somebody who could cover six and lock. Oh no! Don't do that. I don't know. No. I don't. I don't like locks playing six. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I must admit the Crusaders pushed him into. The, he was playing, I think he pushed into the number six jersey in the last 20 minutes of the, the Blues Crusaders game and did a pretty effective job, I reckon. Oh, yeah, it's the, I'm, I'm not a fan of starting locks at, at six. Uh, England did it with, um, with Courtney Laws, uh, and Courtney Laws is a, is a wonderful, a really good lock, but I don't, I don't rate, rate him as a six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Into that back row, Kieran Reid was still not seen yet, Ardis Severe and Sam Kane. Adi Surveyor was uh, missing last weekend, but he comes back this weekend. Um, so no change there. Frizzell, Hammond Post, Squire, any kind of... How, how do you think they all... Um, I think I think Frizzell is travelling quite well at, at, at the minute. Obviously, the, his team's not at... They're not at their best, but they've picked up two wins. And yep. um, listen, he's, he's done... He's, he looks like he's doing most things well, and he... Man, with ball in hand, the, the man is a beast. So, um, yeah, it, it, his standings are quite strong at the minute. In the waiting at home list, Matt Todd's been playing well um, oh. um, as, for the last couple of weeks. But for me, if you've already got Sam Kane and Ardy Severe in there, do you need another seven um, as far as balance in the squad goes? Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a big question. But, hey, listen, it, it's handy to have somebody of his quality floating around. Um. Uh, the other players, sort of, um, Papulihi, Fifita, um, Akiri, um, and Luke Whitelock. Um, I don't think they've uh, sort of stepped up and made a demanding case yet. No, Akira started well, but I, I thought the weekend gone. I thought he was, uh, yeah, just a, just a little bit too quiet for my liking, and you know, one really disappointing mistake that I can recall from a set-piece scrum, right-hand running ball. Well, you know, you've got to do your, as the commentators said at the time, you've got to do your basics first. Make sure you're holding on to the ball. 
but he was pretty much looking to see what the next play was. Didn't have control of the ball and just locked, and just lost it clean. We we know what a footballer he can be, but he's really got to mm. he's really got to be putting it out on the paddock week in week out. Yep. Um, interesting. So the, the so the next rung down we had Gareth Evans, Dylan Hunts, Elliot Dixon. Um, Gareth Evans not playing, not being selected this weekend, which is interesting. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think none, none of those three have have, have made a case no. uh, to move up the no, order. Going to say to be fair to Dylan Hunt, I I thought he was pretty outstanding for the Highlanders uh, on on the weekend. Once 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 again, huge huge work rate. And uh, was never, you know, was never too close to the ball. And you know, the Highlanders needed him at, at his best. Yep. Um, scrum half, obviously Aaron Smith, TJ Perinara, um, and we got Triple T in there at the moment with Brad Weber uh, next up, and then Biran um, Hall and uh, Mitchell Drummond um, there. No, no big changes, I don't think, in that section. Um, no, no, I don't think so. First five eights. Do you still have uh, uh, Joshuani and Atari Black? Do you think they're both the next sort of after the Barretts, Mackenzie Moanga? I think the stakes have gone up for um, for Joshuani. I think he's been he's been he's looked pretty comfortable at at, at super level in the in the in the first two games, and uh, I think I may have read somewhere in the stats that his goal kicking is around about ninety one percent. At, at the minute, so he's kicking his goals. I'm just disappointed he's been chanted back to fullback for this game on the weekend against the Rebels. Yeah, seeing Fletcher Smith gets uh, um, is now is has, has not even made the bench for the Hurricanes this week coming weekend. Um, I think that uh, his star is fading a little bit. Um, Gatlin gets a chance at ten for the Highlanders, um, and uh, I think Perifetra is definitely behind our Terry Black um, at the moment. Well, he's got a broken hand at the moment, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, nothing much changed in the centres. We didn't see Marnonu. Um I think Sonny Bill Williams needs to. We need, we need to see a bit more out of him. Um, the uh, you know, uh, Alex reckons Black on holiday. Terry Black is going to shut down. Let's see how he goes in in uh, uh, in, in Argentina before we before we before we shut him down. Yeah. Um, yeah listen. Yeah, but better, better early days for for Teddy Black. I mean, so I, I like him. I think he's he's got good skills. Knows how to manage and, and move a team around. He's I think he's probably suffering a little little bit at the moment because um, the Blues are, are just not putting any any sort of consistent patterns together or holding onto the ball for long long periods. And usually that's where we'll we'll see a first five at his best when he's actually got the got the ball in his hand. So. At, at this present time, all we're really seeing him is um, uh, pick, picking up pieces. Yep. Looking at the the centres, we've got Crotty, Sonny Bill Williams, Goodhue, uh, Anton Brown. Both Goodhue and Anton Brown have, have, have put in some pretty good performances uh, in the opening couple of weekends. Um, Crotty a bit less so, and Sonny Bill Williams also needs to. Um, but both those two, we'd we'd like to see a bit more from. I think. Um, it's an interesting one, Paul. Just just before you get to <clears throat> the outside backs, uh, Sonny Bill, to me, is probably the player that's under 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 a wee bit of pressure. I know he came on, you know, he had no real impact in the last twenty minutes of the Crusaders Blues game, and then on the weekend we we saw a couple of really odd odd mistakes. We 
you know, he obviously not really worked on his kicking game because we possibly saw one of the poorest kicks ever where he basically had a chance to clear the ball and um, it looked like something out of the under. Maybe I'd, I'd do on a, on a on a Saturday morning when I'm kicking the ball around with my grandson. But it's, uh, I, I think there's... I think there's a little bit of pressure starting to build build on the um, on, on Sunny Bill. I really do, and uh, that pressure should really come from the likes of uh, uh, Nani Lamapi if he's if he's given given the opportunity and he takes it. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I still think there might be an opening there. Yeah, Lamapi, I don't think had a particularly good game for the Hurricanes at the weekend. Um, we've had a quiet game for 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 him for uh, for him um, uh, this weekend with um, uh, with uh, with Bowden Barrett inside him and with Matt Proctor outside him. It's a it's much more settled uh, back line. We'll see how he goes. Manonu obviously didn't get to play. Alex reckons that Sonny Bill, if he can't find form, I expect Nonu to could get ahead of him. Nonu's been playing thirteen, so it's interesting where they're actually thinking of him uh, and whether he'll be. Uh, and and well, we're going to see. We'll be interested where he gets selected this weekend. Uh, I fully expect him to play after having last weekend off. Uh, but um, the yes, yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting to see where see where Marnon, who fits in there. We can't move him up yet because he hasn't played last weekend. Um, Proctor, Buckman, Thompson, Waldron, all in that kind of next category again. The Highlanders' centres haven't been performing, perhaps as. Uh, as outstanding as they have been previously, as you say, they're not. The Highlanders aren't fully aren't firing on all cylinders yet, but they're getting the results. Yeah, just uh, I mean, so Matt, Matt Fattis has put in a couple of little cameos here and there, but yeah, listen, I, I have my, have my doubts about um, Fattis going to the the next level. I was really sort of I thought we'd get a little bit more mileage out of say Co Co Tomkinson and. Uh, He's a very good defender. Obviously, he got a red card, which has you know since been rescinded after after round one. But you know, I, I like him defensively. Very good footballer, and I also got a bit of time for uh, is it uh, Thomas Umaya Jensen? Yep, that's that's also running around there. He's another big line breaking sort of player. But you know, maybe, maybe these these sort of guys are still another year or two away. Uh, Alex of the All Blacks would use Nonu at 12. Uh, yep. Um, well, they moved him to 13 in the Rugby World Cup final, the last time he played for the All Blacks. Um, we'll see. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a lot of us do think of him as, as a 12, but I think he can play both. Um, the, then we get onto the, um, the, the other, get, get onto the out, out, the outside backs. Um, Ben Smith, Rico Iwani, uh, are definitely going. Geordie Barrett, Wazaki Naholo, we think of, we've got question marks around both of them. For different reasons, um, George Bridge uh, is uh, is in is, is is our next one on the line. We've got Neymar, Scudder, Solomono, um, Alemano, Alemano, but he's injured currently. Will Jordan, David Avali there. The player that you guys went let me put in is Vince Arso. Um, yeah, listen, he's he's a guy that's on the. Blacks radar, but I just where, where do you fit him, Paul? You know, somebody somebody would have to to fall so badly from grace or out of form. I think that's his only chance, and he'd have to take every opportunity that comes his way. You don't think he could be uh, uh, 
then I mean, he's playing in the 14 jersey this weekend. You don't think he could be in, in the conversation as an outside back? It's, I, I suppose it's form dependent on not just his form, but form of other players. But he's a, he's a good foot. He's a good footballer. You know, gen, genuine line breaker and deceptively quick as well. Hence, he can play that seat, that centre or, or wing position. So yeah, so that's the that, that that's where we are right now. We've not moved any names at all this weekend, uh, this, this week. Um, the uh, I don't think anyone's kind of moved, uh, yeah, moved, moved themselves yet. Um, but so, yeah, it's going to be. Say, Paul, I, was, I was about to say, Paul, we actually sound like all black selectors, you know. We actually we actually staying staying <laughs> with the tried and true, even though even though they may be not at their best form, but we're we're backing our backing our skills to bring them into form. The um, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Alex. Yeah, Bridge could surpass Naholo in the coming weeks if Naholo doesn't show show more. Absolutely, I think he's the one. He's the, the he's the one guy that's not been a regular in the All Black setup that we think could come through. Um, I think we've said that a couple of times now that he, yeah, he he is the one that we think could could that the Bridge is the guy is is our our sort of biggest bolter that we see or most most likely kind of bolter. Um, that we see for every World Cup squad. Um, I mean, a lot of people have got uh, raps on Will Jordan, um, but I think it's a bit of a big ask for him to come through um, at this stage, personally. Well, it's crazy. Um, now, he's, he's, in, he's in the Crusader squad, isn't he? That's right, yep. Wow, he's not even, not even getting a look in. <laughs> it's insane. So... Um, so, yeah, so there you go. That's, that's where we see the uh, that how, how we see the All Blacks... Um, Squad, we'll look back at this again next week uh, and uh, move any names that we think appropriate each week. We'll have a quick uh, a quick glance at that. Maybe not go through, through quite so much detail. Um, but we haven't really got that uh, much else to have a chat about, really. Um, the uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a, a bit of a quiet um, a quiet old week uh, on the old in, in, for, the, for the All Blacks um, at the moment. So um, I think that's pretty much it. Unless you've got any any. Any surprise All Blacks news for me? No, not 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 really. That, certainly, I've looked I've looked under the tablecloth. Definitely nothing there. Paul, so. <laughs> yeah. No, I think we've pretty much uh, covered it off in under an hour and in record time. Now, I'm just going to very quick quickly bring up my my uh, my, my show notes to make sure there's anything we've we've kind of missed. Um, uh, yeah, because uh, as I say, we just. Um, yeah, no one leaving. That really did, 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 did throw us. Yeah, yeah. So first test against the Lions. Yeah, player management, coaching. Who's left this week? Rugby World Cup plane tickets. Yep, yeah, we're there. We've done. So thank you, Arch Stephen. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. And um, no, no. Folks, don't forget that uh, if you if you can get to Hamilton for the um, Crusaders versus the Chiefs game, you can come and uh, shake uh, mine and uh, Stephen's hand at the. Uh, um, at the Zone Bar in, uh, in in Sky City, we're hoping to have an international player that we can, or an ex-international player, uh, to, to have a bit of an interview with before the show as well. Um, so we'll, uh, that's yet to be confirmed. So I can't give out his name. Uh, so, but um, do enjoy um, enjoy that. Don't forget, obviously, all the kind of usual stuff. Uh, subscribe there. There's the main channel over there. Are two videos that the uh, artificial intelligence at YouTube will enjoy. So give them a click. <laughs>